This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. I'm Johnny Hart talking to Oanda Senior Market Analysts across the world. Let's join Ed Moyer in New York. Good afternoon. Hi, Johnny. How are you? Very well, thanks. We've had the latest S&P Global Services PMI numbers, and they have buoyed markets. Very much so. It's pretty impressive. I think there was some belief that we had a very strong January round of data. People thought that maybe that was somewhat weather influenced, but no, it looks like the service sector is still strong. This economy is resilient. And while the recent trend for maybe for like the last two weeks is that if you have good data, it raises fears the Fed's going to tighten too much. But it seems that markets are really focused on the Fed speak that we got yesterday. And you're having a little bit of some confidence uh, that Fed's, we're getting mixed messages from Fed members, but I think that there's this belief they're going to possibly pause. And and that's what Bostic said. And uh, markets are really clinging onto that. Waller kind of pushed back against that, but it seems that you know, you look at yields, we tested above 4% on the 10-year, two-year was getting very close to five, um, but now they're coming back a little bit. You're seeing some weakness in the dollar. This podcast is probably more focused on the week ahead just because, you know, next week is going to be huge. And I think some of this data, though, is leading to expectations that we could still see strong numbers in February. That is really going to test the Fed. So we'll see what happens with Fed Chair Powell's semi-annual testimony. But this is going to be a big week uh, coming up for the Fed. And uh, I think that right now there's there's a lot of optimism here that this economy is just it's just too strong. Yeah, and of course, we'll have non-farm payroll next Friday as well. Practically the only time in the year we get the uh, figures for U.S. jobs in week two. Correct. And I think this employment report is going to, this is, you know, the, the, the highlight of the week. You're, you're going to see, you know, a lot of traders focus not just on the headline number, but on the revision as well. Remember, we had 517,000 jobs created in January. It seemed a little too good to be true. We'll see if that number has a serious downward revision. You know, the hiring pace is supposed to slow to 200,000, which is still robust, which is still supporting uh, a very low unemployment rate. And we'll see, you know, how that unfolds. But take a look at today's ISM services employment report. That one actually uh, kind of popped nicely. I think some people are not making too much of it. I think there's this kind of anticipation that, you know, the employment you know surge is, is mostly noise. But this is a, an economy that um, continues to impress there's still a significant amount of job openings. And until we really see a weakness in the labor market, um, this market is still vulnerable to um, a bond market sell-off and, and that should complicate the FX trade. So, you know, King Dollar was trying to make a comeback. It still might next week. Okay, we'll talk more about next week shortly. But first, I wanted to switch subjects and speak about this report that the UAE is considering leaving OPEC. Does this have any basis? I think uh, every energy trader, and I was talking to a couple of um, energy reporters, uh, there was a, a little bit of a, where did this come from? And, uh, you know, is that Wall Street Journal exclusive? You know, there, there, are, there have been tensions brewing between Saudi Arabia and the UAE. This is, uh, you know, the third largest OPEC producer. If they were to leave the cartel, we saw a significant drop in oil prices after that report, and uh, those losses, though, reversed, and now oil is positive after UAE officials denied that report. I, I think that there's this belief here that OPEC 
still controls the oil market. You know, the U.S. production can't really ramp up. It's not going to be able to overcome any shortfalls that uh, we get from OPEC's output. Um, and, and this is an oil market that, you know, we're, we're seeing improving signs from China. This is this demand is going to remain fairly strong. I think global oil demand is going to grow this year. So the risks are to the upside for crude. And, and I think that uh, while tensions are growing between UAE and Saudi Arabia, they're still probably going to maintain this OPEC agreement and, and coordination because it, it, it is benefiting both countries significantly. So I, I think that that was kind of one of those headline, uh, you know, eye-catching you know, news events that you get. But, uh, you know, eventually OPEC will break up. But I, I think it's, you know, now is not the time. Let's talk cryptocurrency now. And the price of Bitcoin has uh, slumped quite significantly, down around uh, 5% uh, yesterday. That's due to mainly concerns about the crypto-friendly bank Silvergate Capital. Uh, Most of its crypto clients have left after it announced that it had to review the books with its auditors. And so just when it looked like crypto was recovering this has certainly dented the market very much so i think you know you you have significant weakness feared that we're seeing parts of the cryptoverse that are getting hampered here and and i think that a lot of companies rely on silvergate and and i think that this was an unexpected shock even though when you take a look at how their share prices have been collapsing over the last year, this is a market that is probably um, going to see more companies that are going to fall under stress like this. And, and, and I think that this is, you know, obviously a bad story for crypto, but um, I think that uh, you, you are seeing uh, Bitcoin still hold on to its key range, that 21,000 to 21, 25,000. And, and I think that as we find out more, um, you know, is, is Silvergate doomed? Uh, it doesn't look good right now. And I think that there's expectations that you're going to see Silvergate. They're going to do everything to try to survive. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, well, I think I think you're, you're, you're having crypto traders, though. A lot of this bad news has been priced in, and that is reflected in the price. Now, we've already mentioned the non-farm payroll next Friday. In addition to the slowdown that we are expecting when those figures come out, uh, what are we expecting as far as, say, wages are concerned? I think wages is going to be a, uh, one of the key uh, data points people look at. Um, I, I think the, the slowdown in hiring is, is somewhat widely expected. So unless we get a big surprise, the focus should go on to wages. And uh, wage pressures are, are likely to remain. Um, on a month-over-month basis, we're still looking at a 0.3% gain. Year-over-year, uh, year, uh, it's supposed to rise from 4.4% to 4.7%. Uh, this is this is going to you know keep that argument that employers they're having to pay more for talent and that suggests labor conditions are still going to be tight um, in addition to that unemployment rate is at 3.4 percent in order for you know the market to be confident that the fed is going to be done uh, i think you need to see you know the unemployment rate uh, you know rise to roughly 3.9%. So we, you know, we have to see significant weakness before the Fed can really pause. And uh, right now, you know, I think the, this labor market's strong, the economy's still strong. So I think the risks of more tightening, the Fed sending us to a recession are growing. And, you know, for next week, you know, we're, we're, we're going to see, you know, non-farm payroll reports, the biggest economic release as far as central bank speeches go. There's a lot of important ones, but for the U.S., you know, everyone's going to focus on Fed chair's two days of testimony at Capitol Hill. This is going to be a grilling. They're finally understanding that there was hope of a soft landing. Now it's becoming more real that 
the Fed's going to have to tighten this economy to a recession. And you're going to definitely see Fed Chair Powell get um, asked about that. And as far as how high and what's, you know, how much economic pain um, should we expect? So that's going to definitely be market moving on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, but for next week, it's jam packed. Um, we have uh, China's uh, National Party Congress, which kicks it off um, on Monday, Sunday night. And you'll probably, uh, I think, see a lot of people, they're they're you know waiting for all these personnel changes. They're, the growth strategy. You're going to see uh, you know the, the government's going to you know have lots of um, um, plans announced, and and this is this is really going to fuel you know the 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 growth story that a lot of people are anticipating for Asia. Um, in addition to that, we have rate decisions from the RBA. They're expected to raise once again. Uh, Canada widely expected to hold. They've been holding. This is you know the, I think you know everyone is. You're starting to see the diverging paths for central bankers. Some are hiking, some are pausing, some are looking to pause a little bit sooner. Um, but I think everyone is, you know, obviously it depends on your, you know, regional situation, inflation. Uh, some people are having better luck. Um, Eurozone is struggling, you know, core hitting another fresh record high this week. It's been it's been rather chaotic for central banks. And I think that you're going to see next week is another week where we're jam-packed with lots of key um, central bank rate decisions. And um, we'll see exactly what that does to some of our, our favorite currency pairs. Okay, Ed, should be a very interesting week ahead. Thanks very much for joining us today and have a great weekend. Thank you, you too. Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda.